Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Can you believe the caller ID on your phone? Well, what is shaken, stirred? What is being done to make sure that the calls you receive on your phone, whether it's a landline or an um, internet protocol line, whether or not they are really legit and that the company ID you see is legit. Well, there are a lot of things going on out there, and we're going to inform you about some of them today. Um, And also, what is a gateway provider? That's a very important question. My guest is Sarah Delphi. She's the vice president of Trust Solutions for Numerical. And we'll get into what they do in a few minutes. But Sarah, uh, start out by telling our listeners whether or not we can trust the ID on their phone. I mean, we know now that the ID numbers are being spoofed and all kinds of things are happening. So your company is, is focusing on making sure that businesses, when they come into your phone line, that they're identified correctly and that we get legitimate information. Is that a, I know that's a terrible summary of what you all do and do so much, but, um, Tell me just briefly what your goal is. Sure. So we have a pretty big goal, which is to restore trust to communications. You know um, what? How, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going to have. To, I'm going to have to start over. My God. Yeah. This is, I, I, my okay. uh, my um, phone didn't start working. Okay. My timer. I'm sorry. I've got to time it. So let me just start over again. Cool. All right. Here we go. Can you believe the caller ID you see on your phone? Is that a legitimate number or is it a scammer getting ready to try to rob you? What is shaken stirred? What is a gateway provider? Well, these are some of the interesting things we're going to talk about today. And I'll bet that a lot of you don't really know all the answers to those things. And I certainly didn't. And my guest is Sarah Delphi. She's the vice president of Trust Solutions for Numerical, a company that is out there trying to make sure that what we see on our caller ID is legitimate and most importantly, accurate depiction of consumer uh, businesses that are giving us a call. Sarah, welcome to a consuming interest. We're so glad to have you on today. Hi, Shirley. Thanks for having me. Okay, so your your company is really working with businesses to make sure that the representation that they have on my caller ID is 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 good. I know that's a terrible broad, broad statement, but basically give us a little bit of insight into what your company is doing. Yeah, surely that's exactly right. Basically, we work with businesses and their service providers to verify their identities and the phone numbers that they're using. And then we register that information with your phone carrier so that when they make the decision about whether to display a call as spam likely or scam likely, they have that information and can either you know know that it's not a scam and a legitimate business, or in some cases, we also help uh, businesses with branding calls. You may have seen uh, depending on your phone pri- provider, you may or may not have seen an actual company name come through with a logo um, with a call to you, and we help uh, businesses with that as well if they'd like to do that. So th- this is really important. It's important for the consumer to be able to get the calls, um, and it's important for the company to be able to make them and be fairly represented. Now, let's go back and talk about why this is so important, and what are some of the things that have prompted, for example, the development of your company 
company and the other things that are going on in the industry because well i can remember at one time that getting six eight ten calls telemarketing calls at dinner time was not unusual yeah. and um of course with with uh, the uh do not call list and a number of other things a lot of that has made a big difference so my frankly my scam calls have been significantly reduced um, and I do get calls from legitimate businesses that I do business with, and the you know the depiction is is usually accurate. But um, a little bit of the history, we we do see that there's been a reduction, a great reduction, I think, in scam callers. But any one call getting through to a consumer and robbing them is is one too many. Right. So, what is your overview of what's been going on in terms of the the many things that are happening to try to make our callers making us making them legitimate not making them legitimate excuse me making their representation to us legitimate right so we've had a few different uh presentations over time you are used to uh, caller id and which used to just be the phone number and now you'll see someone's name show up on caller id but what we've increasingly found is that you know that's an older system and it relies sort of on self-reported data it's not vetted it's not verified and it can't be trusted in most cases because fraudsters don't register their identities because they don't want you to know ahead of time who it is that's calling you. So there's been a few things that we've tried to do to tamp down on illegal robocalls. And most recently, there was an act for Congress, the Trace Act, uh, that authorized the FCC to make a bunch of declarations, essentially, uh, about topics for how we were going to stop this, including caller authentication. So as part of that, the FCC mandated that companies, all the service providers needed to implement something called stir shaken, which essentially was an effort to make sure that at least the phone number that was displayed to you wasn't spoofed and was actually the phone number that was being used by that individual. Now, that doesn't mean it didn't tell you who that individual was. It doesn't tell you what their intention is and whether they're about to commit fraud. Um, it essentially would just tell you if that phone number is their actual phone number that they're authorized to use or not. Um, so unfortunately, we've, we've made some strides uh, in that and also in enforcement uh, detection and enforcement against specific illegal robocallers that have helped. And then the last thing that's happened is as of a couple of years ago, uh, the FCC opened it up so that your phone provider, the major cell carriers, or, or any large phone provider can uh, add call filtering services. So before, the instruction from the FCC was service providers, you must deliver phone calls. Don't get in the way of delivering phone calls. You have to do it. And they changed that rule a couple years ago and said, okay, if you have a reasonable suspicion, if you're using reasonable analytics to say something is likely an illegal call, then you can block that call. Um, so that's that's the most recent development of why you're seeing um, either block calls or labeled calls that scam or spam likely or fraud like it's different for each carrier, uh, which is very confusing for consumers. Uh, but that's that's why you're seeing that as well as as a result of that FCC decision. Well, I I do think all these things have made a significant difference. I know dinner time is a lot more peaceful at our house. Yeah. Um, and and I, I do trust it more, but I still do get calls. I mean, you know, I get calls from my from Shirley Rooker. Interesting when I see my own phone number appearing yeah. on my caller ID. But, you know, the crooks out there, they're very imaginative and finding ways to reach out to us or they may depict your local bank or anything else. Now, from what what you're doing. 
um, you're making sure that my local bank, for example, if uh, they're trying to call me, that the depiction that shows up is legitimate, not somebody who's pretending to be my local bank and making a call to me. Is that is that a fair statement? That's exactly right. So one of the things that we found out is that when these carriers uh, have put in place call filtering, they did so with a lot of information, but still, you know, they don't know any more than you do who that individual is on the other side of that phone call. Because there's a lot of businesses in between and it just doesn't come through to them. So they've put together uh, through their partners some pretty sophisticated analytics. However, like anything else, your spam filter on your email, they get it wrong sometimes. And so it's led to this need for legitimate businesses who really do need to call you and that you should trust getting their calls labeled as a scam. And you can imagine if your bank legitimately calls you, but it shows a scam likely on your caller ID, that's a huge problem for you as a consumer uh, if you get that. And it's a huge problem for your bank. So that's where this process that we've we've really spearheaded and created has come together. There are others that are doing it now too to help businesses register and validate that identity. Mm -hmm. And that way, you know, your the, your carrier knows who that is and doesn't label your bank as a scam. Yeah, that that to me is very, very significant. I'm Shirley Rooker. You're listening to Up Consuming Interest right here on the Federal News Network. My guest is Sarah Delphi. She is the Vice President of Trust Solutions for Numerical, which is the company that's out there uh, helping consumers present their legitimate face to uh, consumers and making sure their calls can get through. Um, and you, you were just mentioning that how important it is that banks, hospitals, uh, your doctors, these people, if they're erroneously identified to the consumer, this could create, create problems for us in all kinds of ways. So it, it's really is important. But now tell me, where are most of these calls coming from? Um, is there a way to identify where they are, where they're coming from? And what yeah, that's is a great question. Okay. I was just going to say, the gateway providers, you're going to tell mm -hmm. us what that is before you tell me where they're coming from. Please. Sure. Yeah. So a gateway provider, um, as defined by the FCC, is essentially the first service provider, the first phone provider that's involved in delivering a call that is, you know, the first provider that's in the United States. So the idea is most of phone calls that get delivered, it's not just your phone provider and the phone provider of the person you're calling. Mm -hmm. Typically, there are, you know, as many as seven different providers that might touch that call. That's not even a limit, could be more than that. But I've seen personally as many as seven providers involved in the delivery of a phone call. Uh, and so it's hard to know who all those folks are. So the idea of gateway providers, this is the first US provider that's delivering a call from outside of the United States to somebody in the United States. Um, that's the definition. I will say, to answer your other question, do we know where the calls are coming from? Unfortunately, we don't. Um, anybody who tries to tell you we know exactly where all phone calls are coming from, is, is they, they don't actually know. Um, we have some good guesses. So we have this process that's called the traceback process, and that allows law enforcement to go from that last provider in the call and run through every single one, find out who all those seven, eight, three are to get back to that source. And when they do that, they found that a lot of the time the actual callers are outside of the United States in many cases for these fraud campaigns and that somewhere along the line, they made their way to a provider in the US. 
Uh, okay. Um, so it sounds to me like we know, but we we don't. There's not much we can do about it. I mean, that's we, really hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it, you all are doing what you can do. The FCC is doing what they can do, and I think that the the communications companies are certainly out there, very actively working to protect their their customers. So we know we've got a lot of effort going on, and we're seeing some really good results. Where do you think we're going next, Sarah? Put on your crystal ball. Yeah, so I think there's the, the next couple of things that we really need to focus on as an industry and a lot of folks are focusing on is how do we get identity back into phone calls? Because we all know that phone numbers don't mean anything these days. They could be spoofed or even if they're not spoofed, people are increasingly just buying tons of phone numbers and using them and just switching them out. So you, you can't really trust those at all. So one of the things we're focused on is how do we get the actual identity of someone embedded into a phone call or transmitted over a phone call such that you actually, like when you go to a web page and you have a lock at the top that says, yep, this is the actual party that, that this is amazon.com, trying to put something together like that for, for phone calls, which is work in progress, but we think can definitely be accomplished using some of the foundations that we laid in Stir Shaken. And then really the, the second thing we need to put together is we got to get our arms wrapped around the telecom network right now. You know, we don't know who's on the other side of it. We don't even know who all the service providers are um, that are operating today. The FCC doesn't know who, who they all might be or, or who might be operating, but not registered. So um, having those standards for, you know, and raising the bar for who can be a phone provider and who can make phone calls and doing that in a reasonable way so that you know the base utility of calling is still accessible and available to people, um, that's piece two. So really identity and standards is, is where I think things are going. Oh, so, the, but the, let, let's talk a little bit about, you said there could be seven or eight um, providers involved in one phone call, which is just kind of boggles your mind when you think about it. Yeah. You pick up the phone, you make it, you dial a number and there the people are, you, you get connected. I mean, there's just really virtually no delay, but yet all those people, all those people are in there between me and my designated caller, right? My designated call. Um, yeah. And these are what they're small providers, maybe some in, in rural areas. Um, or is this just part of the system? Yeah, it's kind of part of the system. So I kind of like to think about it. Analogy I use is, um, you know, if you buy something from Amazon, first thing Amazon's going to do is they're going to go, okay, where's that thing that they want to ship to you? And where are you? And figure out in between, they've obviously done it very sophisticated now, who's going to take that, that package along each route? Is that going to be, depending on where you live, it might be, you know, there might only be one provider out near you that can put that in a van and drive it to you. They might get on a plane. It might get on a boat. It might, you know, it, all of these different pieces along the way. And you're going to, and they're going to find the cheapest person for each leg of that to get it onto you. It's the same thing for phone calls. There's a lot of intermediaries who, in order to make phone calls cheap and easy and accessible for everybody, they're essentially act as routing agents. And so when your phone provider, you make a call, they're going to look at, okay, who are you calling? And they're going to go into their whole portfolio of providers and figure out, okay, who's going to do it for the cheapest way, for the, the highest quality. And then it gets, you know, spider webbed all the way through to the end. So it, it's, 
lowered the costs a lot for telecom, but it does mean it's, it's a lot harder to figure out uh, where calls come from. Who all those players are out there and whether or not right. they're the, the good women and the good bad guys or the good are not so good. Um, right. Yeah. You notice I don't just say good guys because we've got women participating in this, too. So we Very don't want to be we don't want to be sexist in our depiction here of who is doing it. But it is an interesting issue for us because I, I don't think that most consumers uh, I certainly didn't until I started doing consumer stuff how uh, complex the system is, and yet at the same time, how simple it is to make a phone call. So we're so fortunate that we've got that kind of technology and the ability to do it, but at the same time, it does enable the crooks to reach out into our homes uh, much more easily and to reach us. So we just have to be wary and know what we are doing. So on that happy note, let's just take a brief pause here. I'm Shirley Rooker. You're listening to Of Consuming Interest right here on the Federal News Network. My guest is Sarah Delphi. She's the Vice President of Trust Solutions for Numerical. And their job is to make sure that legitimate companies are properly represented on your phone, your caller ID, that their calls get through. Sarah, I would imagine that you have talked to and worked with businesses that have discovered that they are being blocked. What do you, how do you help them? What do you, what do you tell a business? I mean, we're very pro-business at Call for Action. We help small businesses. We help them deal with scams and so on. Um, we certainly could not do what you're doing. So tell me. What, what do you do? Do you hear horror stories from businesses that discover suddenly their calls aren't going through? We do. And usually it comes about because somebody that they've called will say, hey, when you called me, you showed up as a scam or labeled as possible fraud on, on my device. And it's really scary for businesses because they have no way of knowing how their calls are presenting on the other end. There's no feedback to tell you that that's happening. So you hear that once and you don't know, did it happen once or is it happening all the time? And, and how can I tell? Is it going to go away? Um, so there's a lot of fear and confusion out there. And there's a lot of misinformation, I will tell you. Um, one of the things that's frequently cited is, well, just update your caller ID and that'll fix it. Um, just update your, your your call display so it doesn't say somebody must put scam in there. No, that's not how it works. You can update your caller ID, but it's a, it's a totally different mechanism that's labeling it as fraud and that's that's not gonna change anything. When you, so, excuse yeah. me, when you're no. saying you, you mean me as a consumer to update my caller ID? Sorry, uh, as a business, right? As a business, um, okay, right. all right, sorry. Business, I just wanted yeah. to be clear. It's not on the recipient's end, it's on the end of the, the company, okay. Correct, yeah, so what you should do is reach out to you know numerical or provider like us that can work with you to register your identity with these analytics engines, these you know filters, uh, filtering applications that are the real cause for that labeling of your caller ID. And one of the things is once that's registered, you will get, you, you should be asking for from any provider that you work with is an ongoing set of notifications. They'll make it visible to you what the reputation of your phone numbers are and whether or not they are being labeled as spam or scam. Because, you know, sometimes even if you're a legitimate business, you might be making unwanted phone calls or even illegal phone calls. And they don't want to talk to you, so but we'll let you know if that happens inadvertently. And then also, if it does, and you're legitimate, work with those providers to help remove that label from your calls if it does happen. And, th and that's very important because the business doesn't want to lose their customers. I mean, that you know that could be that could be really really difficult. 
Well, um, the caller idea authentication is something then that that should be of great interest to consumers because it will give us more confidence. And I, you know, I have a pretty good confidence in in the calls that I receive now and the way they're labeled. And honestly, I haven't really ever had a problem, but maybe that's because of what you all are doing, Sarah. I don't know, because you're behind the scenes making things happen for businesses. Um, what would you advise consumers um, to do if, let's say, they're receiving calls that are scam calls, should they report them? What should they do? I know that's not really your thing, but you're in the business. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I ran a telecarrier fraud department earlier. I've worked with regulators too, and I, I'll tell you what what this fix will tell you, which is, please, please, please um, report it. Whether that is there, if you have an opportunity through your application on your phone to do that, there's some apps uh, through uh, cell providers that allow you to do that. Um, what's really effective is if you report that either to your state attorney general, who if you go to their website, they should have a form or phone number you can use. Um, or the both the FCC uh, and the FTC. If you Google them, they will uh, they'll have forms prominently displayed on those websites that allow you to submit complaints. These the, these organizations that are out there trying to stop these fraudsters rely so heavily on consumer reports because they're not in the phone network mm -hmm. seeing live everything that's happening. They have to rely on those reports. They're so valuable. So please do if you get one of these calls. Even better than you know writing a, a complaint on some online forum, which is which is fine as well. But if you report it to one of those authorities, that's the best way to make sure that somebody's going to take action on that call. Well, because the law, the if you're the, the FCC and the FTC both have authority to to take action and they do maintain a database of these numbers because I've I've worked right. with the FCC in, as the consumer advocate and many on many committees and whatnot there. So I, I do know that they're very serious about wanting to hear from consumers and it's very easy to do. Um, you can report them online. You don't even have to call. So it makes it makes it a whole big uh, uh, Helpful in getting establishing a database and seeing where the numbers are coming from. Um, also, now I want to ask you a question, personal question. Sure. Well, it's not personal exactly, but um, I just got a new phone set of phones, and on the options there is to block the caller, block the number. So I diligently do that when I get a scam call. And uh, love doing it. Just love pushing that button while they're on the <laughs> phone trying to sell me something. But am I really doing any good? Am I really blocking the numbers? Because they they change numbers all the time, right? I mean, yeah, it, it's so puzzling and frustrating. Right. So, unfortunately, it's it's not going to do a whole lot. Now, it will block that phone number. But the problem is, is a lot of times these fraudsters will cycle in and out phone numbers or they may be spoofing a phone number that is belongs to a legitimate business. And then if that legitimate business wants to call you in the future, they won't be able to because it'll still be blocked on your device. So um, I would recommend, you know, if there's a specific person that's called you repeatedly on a number or a telemarket or something, that block is your friend and will prevent that from happening again. Um, but unfortunately, you're right. Uh, most often, it's not just one phone number that's used. It's a whole variety of phone numbers, either real phone numbers or phone numbers that they're just displaying, but they don't actually have control over. Um, so blocking isn't isn't normally going to do a lot of good in those situations. But uh, Sarah, let me tell you something. It gives me gives me a whole great deal of satisfaction to push that button while they're blabbing on about trying to sell me something or telling me that I've won this or won that. I push that little button and I just say, okay, at least I got rid of you. 
Sarah, thank you so much. It's been fun and informative having you on the program. And I really, really am grateful that you took the time out to join us today. You're listening or have been listening to Of Consuming Interest. Uh, my guest has been Sarah Delphi. She's the vice president of Trust Solutions for Numerical, which is out there helping businesses make sure their depiction on your phone is accurate. So again, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Of Consuming Interest right here on the Federal News Network. Thank you. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP.